0: Okay, um, welcome to our first episode of Cellar Dweller Sports, where all of our teams are in the basement. Um, we are here with Ken Dog and G GMAC, the hosts of this show. Um, what uh, Our favorite teams are the Mets, Jets, Nets, Islanders, uh, the LSU Tigers for football, and St. Bonaventure Bonnies for basketball. Um For me, my past sports experience is I was a varsity football player, center, and D-tackle for GMAC.
1: Good afternoon, folks. This is GMAC coming to you live from the cellar in our home office here with the dog. We uh, are starting our first episode of Cellar Dweller Sports as K-Dog is a sports media major at St. Bonaventure University. And uh, we thought, as part of his springboard to his uh, college career and future career, that we would start a podcast, thinking that we could talk sports as well as anybody else, like we're doing at our dinner table every night. And, uh, you know, sports is our passion. We're going to be focus on focusing on New York spo- sports. You know, our favorite teams are cellar dwellers the Mets, Jets, Islanders, and Nets. We're going to focus on. Uh, all of the four major sports nationwide, as well as focus on college sports and, an a-, and a focus on A10 basketball, where the St. Bonaventure Bonnies reside and play within conference. You know, uh, some of my past sports experiences uh, playing high school baseball and, and hockey, and uh, that's where our passion runs deep. And we look forward to improving every week and having fun talking sports and gaining a following so that uh, one day we'll, we might get out of the, duet, the cellar, hopefully before the teams that we root for.
0: All right, so the first topic we will speak on is uh, Jamal Adams on the New York Jets. Um, recently he demanded for a trade, uh, obviously because he wasn't getting paid. I think posting on social media and other like actions that he's done are outlandish and ridiculous. And I feel like people won't want to have him now because he's acting like a baby. More uh, kind of like Antonio Brown, I think.
1: Listen, K Dog, the Jets have Jamal Adams under contract for two more years and they can franchise tag him for the third year. He signed this contract and he should live up to this contract. You know, the the Jets are not going to win a Super Bowl because of Jamal Adams. The Jets are going to win a Super Bowl if Sam Darnold, their quarterback, can become what Jets fans think they can become. Because if you look at the Super Bowl MVPs over the past 54 Super Bowls, two safeties have won the Super Bowl MVP. Meanwhile, 30 quarterbacks have won the Super Bowl MVP. So teams are winning because they have a great quarterback. There's few teams that have won because they've had excellent defenses, but the majority of the teams are winning because they have premier quarterbacks. And the Jets haven't had a premier quarterback since Joe Namath. They've had some pretty good quarterbacks in Richard Todd and Ken O'Brien, who are all underrated, but they haven't had a premier quarterback. And signing Jamal Adams now when he's still under contract, giving him the money that that he wants will not help the Jets. The Jets need many pieces, and Jamal Adams alone will not help the Jets.
0: Well, I think once his uh, two years are up, I think they should try and re-sign him because obviously he's the best safety in the league, but not for the money he wants. He wants what is it? Uh, he wants 15 mil, uh, upwards of 17 to 20 million a year, where Eddie Jackson of the Bears is probably one of one of the top 5 best safeties in the league as well. He's only getting paid 15 million. So I think if they re-sign him, they should re-sign him to about 16 at most.
1: So if, if I'm the Jets' ownership and their front office, I am not extending his contract and renegotiating his contract now. He signed his contract. He's got two years left on his contract, and he should honor this his contract. Unless the Jets put a clause in the contract that if he doesn't play up to expectations and meet the... Uh, statistics expected of someone who signs a big time large value contract, then I would not sign him. See, these players, they sign contracts and then they expect owners to Change the contract, increase the contract value, but the owners. It, but it never goes the other way with the owners. If players don't play well, the owners don't have an opportunity to say, "Well, you know, you didn't play well, and I want to lower your contract mm-hmm. and the money you're getting." Right? Yeah. Look at look at the Jets and Tremaine Johnson, Gosh. one of the worst <laughs> signings the Jets could possibly make. Right. Seventeen he, games. He was a complete bust and they gave him all this money and you know they were able to cut him uh, with some minimal impact of the salary cap but why would you sign or extend jamal adams contract when when you don't have to at at this point yeah Uh, and he has no leverage so why would you just trade him if he doesn't want to show up then he doesn't get paid that's fine, and then he could sit on the bench for the next two to three years, sit home for the next two to three years as prime years of his career go by and wait until his contract is, is, is up with the Jets, and, and then he can move on. I would not rush to trade him. I would not rush to extend his contract.
0: Well, that would waste opportunities for him because um, if every day he sits out, he loses money. And then he loses money on his next contract, too, because, like, if he doesn't play and he doesn't show up, like, Le'Veon Bell, signed by the Jets, uh, he got less money than expected because he sat out a year. I think if he sat, if, if he played that last year of his contract, he would have got more money, upwards of $60 million, um, as... Jamal, if he sits out for the two to three years, he's losing money because he has to show up to practice, to play every day. He loses 40000 a day if he doesn't show up after the first five days of training camp.
1: Now, Jamal Adams, if you listen to the post-game shows after every uh, Jets game, which, which we enjoy listening to, uh, he does not demonstrate in my opinion leadership skills everybody thinks that that he's a leader and if you watch him in post game shows when the jets lose this is a guy who sulks he in in some instances he looked like a complete beaten man and you know got to a point where he said he wasn't going to speak to the media any longer he does things on social media that you know, demonstrate he doesn't possess leadership skills. and' it's, it's more about him and, and only him. And the Jets again, will not win a Super Bowl if they sign him for the money that he wants because there, there won't be any money. To build a team around them. and a safety is not going to win the Jets the Super Bowl. It, it just won't happen. And K Dog, as I always tell you, the story about Ralph Kiner, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates Hall of Fame mm-hmm. outfielder and beloved New York Mets broadcaster. You know he always tells the story about how you know he led the um, National League in home runs. Uh, and his stats were excellent and he went to the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates and said you know I led the league in homers RBIs my batting average was this and and and, you know I was one of the best players in the league and I deserve a raise and the owner of the Pirates turned to him and said well Ralph what what place did we come in Ralph said last place and the owner said to Ralph Ralph we came in last place with you, we can come in last place without you. And the same applies to uh, Jamal Adams. Jets were in last place with him, and they could be in last place without him. And if they sign him for the money he wants, they'll be assured to be in last place because they won't have the cap room to sign any other players that at positions that will be more impactful than a safety's position.
0: Well, yeah, Jamal Jamal obviously isn't a leader because he's quitting on his team during rebuild years, and I think the Jets are just turning the tide now on becoming possibly a playoff team with their boosted defense and recently boosted offensive line, as well as the wide receivering core uh, getting boosted, and uh, Le'Veon Bell obviously has something to prove this year too, so... The Jets, in general, I think can make the playoffs with or without Jamal, to be honest, because uh, the recently uh, acquired Ashton Davis from Cal, the safety that we got from the draft in the third round, uh, he has potential as well. So if Jamal wants to sit out, then let him, I guess, because he's just wasting talent.
1: And and you know it's all about me for Jamal Adams based on his social media tweets and you know what he puts out there. You know he he says he wants to be traded and he he names teams that are already established playoff teams and you know legitimate Super Bowl contenders, which just indicates that he doesn't have the leadership ability or the intestinal fortitude to be a part of an organization that's trying to build something for the future you know they've revamped their offensive line they got a young quarterback and at the end of the day it's going to come it's going to come down to sam darnold and whether sam darnold truly isn't a a top rated quarterback in the nfl or he's not and you're going to find that out this this year uh, because he should have the protection he needs By the offensive line that they've revamped, Mm -hmm. Uh, Le'Veon Bell should have a bounce-back year because the offensive line should be able to block for him, unlike last year. And, you know, they have underrated wide receivers, and that should be an improvement upon next year. Defensively, they've improved along the D-line, right, With, with drafting the rookie out of Louisville. Hopefully... Quinn and Williams will have a good second second season, and then you get C.J. Mosley back, and hopefully, you know he's an impactful player. So you know the Jets. Although I am not a believer that the Jets will make the playoffs, and I think the Jets will have about five wins uh, next year some people believe there's a lot of upside there and 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 the potential is there so you know jamal adams either wants to be a part of it and realize that there will be a time and a place where he may get paid if he continues his performance and be a part of something that could be growing for the future and demonstrate that he's a leader or he's going to show that it's just all about him And uh, although he's under contract, he feels that he deserves to have his contract renegotiated. And if he doesn't get it renegotiated, he wants to go to a contender already. And if I were the Jets' ownership, I would, A, not be inclined to trade him uh, at all. And I'd be more inclined to let him sit out if that's what he chooses to do, uh, rather than be pressured to trade him because there's no reason to be pressured to trade him at this point in time.
0: Yeah. All right, so for our next topic, we're going to talk about uh, something else in the AFC East, uh, the Patriots, without a quarterback, just recently acquired Cam Newton, ex-Panther, and ex-MVP uh, during Super Bowl 50 run. Uh, they signed him to a one-year $7.5 million deal, which I think is a steal, to be honest, because people are paying other players way more money for less talent in my opinion like one one person for instance teddy bridgewater i think cam Newton's way better than teddy bridgewater and uh so yeah um i also think that cam newton could be better than tom brady especially with his run game um during 2018 also uh, before he got injured. This is before he got injured. Uh, he had 14 games played, about a 68% completion percentage, uh, 3,400 yards, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, with a 94.2 QBR rating.
1: I think the, the Cam Newton signing is obviously low risk for the, uh, the Patriots. They're, they're not, they didn't sign him to a lot of money. They signed him to a, uh, you know, a very, very reasonable contract that is heavily uh, incentive-laden. So, you know, if Cam Newton is healthy, that certainly would be an, an, ex, an exceptional pickup for the Patriots. But the question is, if Cam Newton is healthy...
0: yeah that's the big question that's,
1: that's a big question he he has he hasn't demonstrated over the last couple of years that he can stay healthy and that his body can continue to withstand the rigors of pro football and especially how he plays pro football because he plays pro football with reckless abandon you know running the ball and going headlong into the pile uh, which, which is great, and you have to have admiration for his effort, but it's taken a toll on his body. And the question is, can, can he withstand the rigors of pro football? Can his body, can he take 16 games?
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. You know? I, if, if he's healthy, though, I think the Patriots are uh, the favorite to win the AFC East that, that over the Bills. Because I don't think the Bill. Every time the Bills have had to try and uh, defend a running quarterback, Lamar Jackson, for instance, uh, they got they got killed. So.
1: Well, I, I think the AFC East is is really not as wide open as some people think. I think the Patriots still have to be the favorite in the AFC East
0: until they get dethroned uh,
1: again. You know can't. Can Cam Newton stay healthy? I mean, that was the one thing about Tom Brady. You knew he was playing every game every year. He very rarely yeah. got injured. Other than that one year, he plays every game, right? They
0: still made the playoffs the year he got injured yeah. with Matt Castle.
1: That's right. And the thing is, you can count on that that consistency. And when you have him playing every game, you have – That chemistry that's required between him, his receivers, his tight ends, his center, and his offensive line, that timing's there. Now with Cam Newton, if Cam Newton doesn't play a full season, then you got Jarrett Stidham. I know the Patriots are high on him. However, you know, other than his preseason performance, there's really nothing to gauge that on. And when you have Rotating quarterbacks—it's really hard to maintain that consistency and that chemistry because each quarterback has its own nuances. But if you look at the, you know, the statistics, and one thing about Tom Brady that made has made him exceptional over the years is how he protects the football. So. Over the career, Tom Brady has thrown 179 interceptions, and Cam Newton has thrown 108 interceptions. And that's over more than twice the number of games that Tom Brady has played compared to Cam Newton. So I think one of the biggest things for the Patriots fans is they're going to have to expect a lot more turnovers from Cam Newton and or Jared Stidham than they have they've had they've seen over you know the last 20 years with Tom Brady
0: well yeah the one with Jared Stidham the first first regular season game he played in was of course against the Jets in a blowout but uh he threw a pick six to Jamal Adams uh in his first drive on the team but also with Cam since he's a running quarterback I think that more turnovers will happen because running quarterbacks, they get hit hard and hit often. So fumbling the ball on a running play could happen possibly.
1: So I'm surprised Jamal Adams doesn't want more money because he was the MVP of that preseason game, picking off Jared Stidham.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: But I, I, I think, you know, Everybody thinks the AFC East is wide open. I, I don't see it. I don't see it that way. I think it I, is. I, I don't think that. I don't think the Jets are a legitimate contender unless Sam Darnold really makes strides because he, he's been, inconsist- well, he, well, he's been inconsistent. Well, the only reason
0: the only reason he's been inconsistent is because they the Jets had the second worst O line in the NFL last year. He couldn't get the ball off in time. He didn't have enough time to get the ball off. As you saw during the ESPN game with uh, the Patriots that Monday night, uh, he got destroyed. He had no time to throw the ball, throwing interceptions left and right because he thought people were open. They weren't. He just didn't have time to look look for open targets, obviously. But I think Darnold could show up this year and be the caliber, caliber of a player he uh, is looked up to be. So...
1: Well, well, I, I think um, Bill Belichick will have a lot to prove. He he, he wants to prove to the football world that uh, he can win without Tom Brady, right? That's the that's the debate, you know, who's going to win without the other person. And if you look at the other coaches in the AFC East, I don't think there's a coach in the AFC East that comes close. Uh, in comparison to, to Bill Belichick. It's certainly not Adam Gase, right? No, not I even mean, close. So when you so people think the Jets are gonna be a contender. I, I just I just don't see it. I think their their head coach is not any good, right? I, I just don't think Adam Gase is gonna make it with the Jets. I mean he, he didn't he was terrible with the Dolphins, so why is he gonna be good with the, the Jets? Um, I do like their defensive coordinator and I think he brings a lot of uh, different schemes and aggressive defense that I think with the right people will benefit the Jets. But, uh, you know, I don't think Miami's a contender. I think, you know, the Jets and Miami will be towards the bottom. And I, and I think the, the Bills are going to take a step back this year. I don't think the Bills are going to be surprising anybody uh, this year. So, you know, it's going to come down to, I think, the Bills and, and the Patriots for the AFC East Championship. And I don't think neither are going to be that strong.
0: Well, I think uh, going back to Cam uh, and coaches, um, I don't know how Cam and Bill might get to get Like, their personalities might clash because obviously Cam is like this. He's, like, boasting and he loves to, like, He loves to shove it in people's faces when they win. Uh, Bill's kind of a laid-back guy, so I don't know how that's going to work.
1: Well, I think he'll make the adjustment. He'll make the adjustment in-game. He'll have the enthusiasm he needs. And then I think he'll he'll make the adjustment uh, post-game and be more of uh, just uh, vanilla, kind of like Bill Belichick is in the post-game. So I, I, don't, I don't think that that'll be an issue there at,
0: at all. Maybe he'll uh, help Bill change his wardrobe, fancy it up a little bit. Um, all right, so the <laughs> next, the next um, topic we're going to talk about is uh, sports returning after the coronavirus pandemic that is still going on. Um, right now, we're set to have all the leagues come back within the next month or two. So, um, the first, the first one we'll talk about is, uh, I'll say the MLB because that's the, they they started spring, spring training, uh, July 1st. Also Bobby Bonilla day for the Mets fans out there. Um, so I think, I think that, uh, the MLB will be able to, because every, I've, all the sports leagues have, I think, uh. The right precautions, pre- precautions to start the leagues and uh, push through this corona. If one player gets in, one player gets it, then he sits out for two weeks, and then they have to monitor the rest of the team. But I think they'll be ready to go.
1: I think baseball has the best opportunity to really start during this pandemic, uh, more so than hockey or the NBA. I, I'm not sure that although they have their plans in place that they're going to get off the ground because those are more uh, physical sports with players right on top of each other and physical contact whereas baseball you know other than the batter and the batter's box and a, a runner on first base they're, they're really there's a lot more social distancing as part of the game. So I think that gives them an opportunity to, to really start, uh, whereas I think the NBA and the NHL, although they have plans, that could change at a moment's notice.
0: Yeah, that is true. Alright, so for um, the MOB uh, the 60-game season uh, starts within the next month or two. It starts at the end of this month. Um, I think... For the favorite in the MLB, it has to be the Yankees because their lineup is ridiculous. Uh, their their depth on the bench is also crazy, as well as I think their starting pitching could uh, come up this year as well because Paxton had an off year. Um, Tanaka, is always, Tanaka is good in the playoffs. He's good in, during the regular season too. Um, so I think they could be the favorite and I think this could also help the Mets in this situation because a 60 game season, the Mets usually slump within like half halfway through the season. I think they could put they could have a great season this year because they' you can't really slump in a 60 game season unless you start really early. Um, also their pitching depth is crazy always, uh, two-time Cy Young winner, Jacob DeGrom is on the team, so that'll help the Mets um, their their lineup this year is also um, I think the deepest they've had since probably 2006 um, with uh, Cespedes coming off uh, as the DH uh, Brody said he'll be ready, so hopefully uh, Cespedes can show out this year in his contract year?
1: It'll be interesting with a 60-game a schedule, uh, which is expected to start on the July 23rd, 24th time frame uh, with you know, 40 games against uh, division opponents, 10 against each division oppo- opponent, and the rest against their geographic counterpart. So ALEs versus NLEs. So it'll be it'll be good from a uh, New York perspective to have a lot of games against the uh, hated Yankees. Uh, we'll see how the uh, Mets fare against the uh, the Yankees. You know, we're we're still uh, still trying to recover from the 2000 World Series here, but um, I think a short season like this favors pitching and pitching depth right uh certainly teams like the yankees and the nationals have that that pitching depth that'll help you from having a long slump uh do you include the mets in that category i, I guess you have to with uh jacob de right back-to-back uh cy young award winner in the nl and uh you know the mets Beyond him, even though Syndergaard is out, uh, their depth is is pretty strong, with uh, Steven Matz and Marcus Stroman and uh, Adam Wainwright, right? And uh, Rick, Porcello. Rick Porcello. So they uh, they have a lot of depth there, and if one of them goes down, they can uh, you know fare well still in a starting rotation. But the problem with the Mets is going to be the same problem that they had last year with the bullpen and you know they're 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 relying and they're hoping that uh you know some of those folks in their bullpen have better seasons than than they did right so the question for the mets is you know you got this short season do you do you take a risk with edwin diaz or do you have Seth Lugo as your closer right from the get go, Uh, or you know, because you can't afford to have Edwin Diaz blow games.
0: Well, yeah, I think I think Edwin will have a bounce back year this year. Uh, I think it was just new team. I think he just, uh, with all the bright lights in New York City, I think he just wasn't ready for it initially, but now I think he could come ready, and we're getting another, uh, another closer slash reliever. Um, from the Yankees in Del Batanzas. Obviously he's had prior experience to working in the city and he's done extremely well. So I think if the Mets, the starters could bring it to I'd say six innings if they if the starters could get six innings a game, I think the bullpen could close it down with with Diaz, uh, Jared Familia, Seth Lugo, and uh Betances. so I think the bullpen could be good this year as well as Justin Wilson he had a great year last year for the Mets
1: well they certainly have bolstered their bullpen uh, with Batanzas however you know I'm not, I'm not sure Diaz will have a bounce back year I hope so and um, if he if he doesn't and if Jay Reese Familia doesn't have a bounce back here, I, I still think they'll have some difficulties because you know, they're not going to be able to run out Batances and Lugo every game. right? So I think a lot of it will come down to their bullpen and also how long the starters go. right? Um, and then from a, an everyday position player perspective, really not sure that the outfield is where it needs to be if you're if you're a Mets fan uh, over the 60 game schedule
0: i think i think the outfield is ready to go with conforto jd and um, it, probably nemo to be honest i think they could do really well um, dom smith during the spring during spring training before it uh, came to a close due to the Corona. He started playing in the outfield too to get ready. Um, I think if they have enough bats in the lineup, which they do, I think they could score probably four to five runs a game and possibly compete with the other teams in the NL East. Obviously, uh, Marlins are not even relevant. Um, the, I think the only team they have to worry about is the Nats with their pitching, uh, Scherzer, Corbin, and uh Strasburg Um, on the other side of the AL East, they have to worry about the Yankees. Obviously, I think the Red Sox will have a down year because they lost Mookie, they lost David Price. Um, Their bullpen was terrible last year, giving up runs left and right. Um, The Orioles, they just they're terrible all the time, and uh, the Rays. The Rays are a good team. Uh, They could. The Mets have to worry about them as well, but um, I think they could uh, be really well this season and make the playoffs, especially with the extra uh, playoff spot.
1: I, I certainly think the Yankees are a legitimate contender. They have depth both in on the pitching staff and certainly their everyday position players uh, where you know, they have significant bats in the lineup from 1 through 9. And if they're healthy, uh, if Judge can stay healthy, if Stanton can stay healthy, you know, then there'll be a, a, a significant uh, or a legitimate contender, I should say. I think the Dodgers are still in the mix. It'll be interesting to see how the Phillies and what the Phillies do. Right, there's a lot of hype around the Phillies with uh, some of their um, winter signings and, and where they might fall and uh, within the. Uh, the division, and what kind of factor they will be, as well as the Braves, right? You know, we kind of haven't talked about the Braves at all, which uh, has pretty good pitching. Yeah, they're a World Series contender. And certainly young players that should factor in in this uh, short season. So it'll it'll be interesting, and and hopefully the season starts and uh, we see some baseball.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, Braves have really – their depth is crazy with – acuna and freddie freeman uh to start off their lineup and it just gets even deeper especially with the uh, their pitching is also pretty good uh last year their bullpen wasn't so hot but uh i think they've uh bolstered that up so yeah they're a team to uh, you can't really mess with them another team i think that could make the playoffs this year um coming out of the nl central is the reds they had they had a push last year like they they were almost above 500 um and they had the uh second home run leader behind Pete uh, in uh Eugenio Suarez and uh, a rookie last year that came up in the second half of the season a Um a left fielder he was hitting home runs left and right so I think they could come and steal a playoff spot as well
1: yeah i think the reds are a dark horse they have uh, some young talent that certainly could um, make them a contender and and certainly can make them competitive and it would be nice to see the reds uh, be competitive they haven't been competitive in a a long time Uh, there's a long history with the cincinnati reds so it would be nice to see them competitive get the fans back in the seats and uh you know, get Cincinnati back on the map as far as baseball is concerned. You know, they're certainly not on the map for uh, football either. So,
0: well, now with Joe Burrow, I think they could be. But
1: um. yeah, we know we know your your uh, LSU is your your favorite college football team. So we we understand uh, being a fan of uh, Joe Burrow as, as we all are, and uh, that that's why you like Jamal Adams so much as well.
0: Yeah. Um so to go on to the next sport that that will be coming back um the nhl i think the favorite in that league um will be the bruins obviously best team in the nhl right now with depth crazy um scores left and right um i think our islanders um they hit a skid once the uh coronavirus came around so um, if they could come back, I, I I don't know. I don't know if they could uh, make a push in the playoffs, but I think they could beat the Panthers. But uh, after that, I don't know.
1: So let's talk about the NHL restart because that plan hasn't been solidified yet. July 10th, training camp opens for the teams. They have yet to establish a date to start games. They haven't yet picked... The two hub cities, you know, although they're talking about Vegas being a hub city and potentially Edmonton,
0: Edmonton, Um, uh, Montreal, I think,
1: and and Montreal being a hub city, I'd kind of worry about a West Coast team being a hub city uh, because games will be played late, and for folks on the East Coast, you know, they're not going to be staying up, you know, for a ten o'clock start uh, to watch any. uh, any of their teams here or at least i'm not going to be however uh i just think that you know hockey is going to be a tough sell in august uh regardless even for the uh the most avid fan rabid fan of the nhl and i I just i don't see how effective this these hub cities will be and i and personally i don't know what benefit you get out of being a hub city because it's not like you have any fans coming to the game where you know they're going to descend onto your city and stay in your hotels and spend money in your stores and yeah. so forth. So I'm not sure what the benefit is of being a hub city. Uh, but hopefully the NHL does start. I'm kind of concerned that they won't start because they just haven't yet moved to... Determining where they're going to play and, and when they're going to start, uh, they've come out with their their playoff format, and I think uh, regardless of restarting after the pandemic and whether it was just transitioning from the regular season to the standard playoffs, you know, it really comes down to hot goaltending, and if you have hot goaltending. Uh, you can make a run in the NHL playoffs. that's really w- what it comes down to and if you you know look at some of the, the contending teams, certainly you know the Blues with Jordan Biddington uh, he, he's you know they won the Stanley Cup last year obviously he demonstrated that uh, he could put that team on his back uh, which he did last year and he cert- they have to certainly be a favorite uh, with him in the goal. And then, you know, the Caps with Brandon Holtby have to certainly be a favorite, and obviously with Ovechkin uh, playing as well. You know, as far as the Islanders is concerned, you know, they were struggling mightily at the end of the season. And the, the way they were going, they probably were not going to make the playoffs. Uh, they, they struggled with goaltending, with Varley. Varley struggled in the net. And, and Grice just has been hasn't been the same goalie he was last year. And, you know, that was really what made the Islanders what they were last year in their playoff run uh, because they got such exceptional goaltending uh, because they're not a team that's going to win by scoring goals. Yeah. They don't have any legitimate goal scores. I know, you know, everybody loves Matt Barzell, but, you know, they're not, you know, he's not Mike Bossy. Right, and then they got J. G. Pajot. We don't know what he is going to be for the Islanders, but you know it's a team that has fared well against the Panthers this year. uh, Although all the games have been close and uh, overtime as well, so I I think you know they have a chance to to beat the Panthers in a best of five. And then you know the Rangers and the and the Canes. You know, the Rangers have done really well against the Canes, so I'd have to favor them to get out of the, uh, the first round as well. And, you know, the Rangers, unfortunately for them, were surging when the coronavirus uh, stopped the NHL. So you don't know what they're going to be when they come back. Uh, it's hard to tell with any of them other than you know, if you historically, if you have a hot goalie, you, know, you have a good chance to win.
0: I think uh, the rain for my dark horse for the NHL playoffs, uh, the Rangers are it because they have a new goaltender, Igor, and um, Panarin. Uh, that the first line for them is insane. Panarin scores goals like crazy. Um, they have Mika Zabenajad with a five-goal game before the uh, season ended abruptly. He's a goal scorer as well. I think with their goaltending and uh, and their goal scoring, I think they could be uh, a push to the Stanley Cup Finals possibly.
1: I hate to say it because I hate the Rangers, but I, I would have to agree with you that uh, between Bred and Zabanajad, that uh, you know their their offense and you know Chris Kreider, although he had broke his foot, he should be back. In time for uh, any playoffs here, restarted playoffs, I think they could be a legitimate uh, contender. You know, with their rookie goaltender, uh, they can certainly they can certainly make a run. And you know, I hate to say it, but they could probably make a better run than the New York Islanders, for that matter, because I just don't have any confidence in the Islanders' goaltending whatsoever. And the you know the Islanders just can't score
0: goals. They can't so. score. Yeah. I thought JG would. Uh, once he came over, he had. Uh, I thought there he was going to give them the boost, but uh, he fizzled out, uh, unfortunately. So uh, for the last topic uh, during sports return, uh, we're going to go to the NBA. I think the NBA uh, with the hub city in Orlando, uh, in Disney, I think it's a good idea. Adam Silver seems like he has everything under control there, and um, the season probably will be able to get under, underway at the end of July, starting with uh, the Clippers versus the Lakers as the first game back.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll see about the uh, restart of the NBA, right? They have 22 teams playing uh, with eight games being played before, their, before the playoffs. You know, the eight games come from the regular season schedule. Starting July 30th, I'm still... I'm still concerned that they will not start the NBA on July 30th. You know, I think uh, you're you're, fine, you're seeing more and more players testing positive for the uh, coronavirus, and I'm concerned that you know if that trend continues, the NBA will uh, not start on not resume and i think i think that's the concern for the nhl as well again these contact sports uh you know where their bodies are in close contact with each other and they're you know breathing in everybody's faces you know i can see in practices if one player gets it spreads to the whole team and i think the nhl and the nba return is a wait and see I'm glad they have plans but i think it's a wait and see i think like i said before unlike baseball baseball has more of a legitimate chance to uh, continue through the coronavirus and with regard to you know the question becomes for both the nhl and the nba is you know is it better just to shut down and then start when you're supposed to start in, in the october time frame because you know with regard to the NBA, you have players opting out. You have uh, – they're going to they're gonna be starting round one August 17th. They're going to be having the conference semis August 31st. Conference finals start September 15th, right? And the finals, you know, they'll end no later than October 13th. So they're going to be battling it out with pro football, which, you know, dominates everything on TV and will dominate the NHL and the NBA and baseball as well as it always does but then they'll also be battling baseball mm-hmm. and coming down the stretch in baseball and the start of the playoffs and the World Series I just don't know which sport will uh, end up on top with regard to TV ratings and, and interest uh, so it, it'll be interesting and then you have to ask yourself, hey, is this a real championship anyway if they win between players opting out? Um, I mean, is it watered down?
0: Yeah, well, for, the, uh, for our, our favorite team, the Nets, already five players have opted out of the, of the tournament slash playoff uh, run including Kyrie and KD, obviously they were injured but they had they definitely have a chance to come back and they just don't want to play obviously um with uh DeAndre Jordan as well Wilson Chandler is out and with the possibility of Spencer Dinwiddie he's on the fence right now if they don't have those players then like uh what's the point of them playing they really have no shot without those players they're they're basically they're if they if it was an eighty-two game season with the roster without them it, they're basically twenty-five win team like the Knicks uh, no point in playing um, I guess um,
1: well I'm 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 reading that Dinwiddie tested positive for the coronavirus
0: <coughs> yeah so did DeAndre so I mean for,
1: for the Nets. That they they really don't have any chance at this point.
0: Well, if they lose Dinwiddie, yeah, uh, their sixth man. He he also filled in d- during the starting spots uh, when Kyrie has been out with his shoulder injury. Um, if they don't have Dinwiddie, then they're done. Right. So, so
1: I mean, the, a lot of the you know players are starting to test positive uh, and opting out. So you know the question becomes for for the NBA is. You know, you're going to go into October playing basketball when training camp should be starting in October. Then you're going to be starting the season in December. You know, Is it, is it worth it to have this restart, or should you just cancel it, you know, with the hope that you can come back in October? And, and you know, maybe in October you could play in front of people. As opposed to playing in front of nobody in Disney's uh, wide world of sports, right? Yeah. I mean, that's got to be something interesting from a uh, professional athlete's perspective, right? Because uh, they're used to playing in front of, you know, 10, 15,000 fans, yeah. you know, unless you're the Nets, right? Or the Knicks. Um so how, how, how are they going to feel playing in front of nobody, right? You know, small time, most of these guys played big-time college basketball, right? Yeah. So they were playing in front of packed houses. Uh, you know, it's not like the high school athlete that most of the time plays in front of nobody or a Division three or a Division two athlete playing in front of nobody. Um, it'll be very, very interesting to see how uh, these players respond to that.
0: Well, yeah, uh, before they actually shut down um, the NBA, LeBron voiced his opinion and said he didn't want to play without fans. Obviously, now he's going to play without fans. He switched his opinion, but I wonder how that's going to impact him and the rest of the teams around the NBA as well.
1: Well, you know, you got to feel that it's going to impact athletes quite a bit, even even in hockey, right? I mean, there's nothing better than Playoff hockey, where the house is packed and the energy and the crowd is there from the drop of the puck till the end of the game. I mean, these these arenas are so loud, and the players feed off the energy. I remember going to the you know Islanders uh, Penguins playoff game last year at the at the Coliseum, and the energy was unbelievable. And these these players feed off that energy. I mean, you're just you just It'll be interesting to see if you can have that same energy uh, without having fans there.
0: Yeah, that is something that they'll have to uh, look forward to and uh, try and change the culture in that sort of way without fans. Try and get themselves to boost up without the crowd noise. Um, So, yeah, we'll see When the time comes for that.
1: We'll certainly be able to hear LeBron James whining to the referee after every touch foul doesn't get called.
0: Oh, LeBron will – all the whiners will be out this time. Uh, James Harden probably will hear him all the time. LeBron obviously. Um, So that will be interesting. Um, Well, that's it for today. Um, Join us next week for another edition of Cellar Dweller Sports. Uh, it's Kadong and GMAC and we're out